Thank you for joining us. I'm Charlotte Wood, and I'm podcasting from the Bondec Montessori in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Lately, we've been talking about Montessori phrases that we might use without even giving a second thought to them, like follow the child, or today we're talking about maximum effort. And we love talking about these phrases because sometimes we just use them offhandedly without a clear understanding of what they really mean. And even if we do understand what they mean, every time we look more deeply into them, we discover new ways that our understanding benefits the children, new ways to see these in action in childhood and in the home or in the classroom. And the more we understand this common Montessori language, the better we can serve the children. So today we're talking about maximum effort. And there's a whole series of qualities that Maria Montessori, the scientist, observed and made note of in children. And maximum effort is one of the qualities that she noticed common to the first plain child, the child age zero to six. And this first plane and these qualities aren't a light switch. Uh, they don't immediately shut off on a child's sixth birthday and then the second plane kicks in. There's a range and they ebb and flow throughout the child's time and kind of as red and blue combine to make purple. As a child is merging from one plane to the next, we might see a little more blue in that purple or a little more red as they're exerting one plane's development a little bit more than they're exerting another. But generally, from zero to six, we're noticing this quality called maximum effort. And this child, this very young child, is not efficient or necessarily even very logical. Uh, this young child is all about doing and being, is all about the process, not about the end result. And this is a really wonderful thing. Uh, this child gives all of herself to whatever her development is calling her to master at any time. And this is true of both cognitive skills and of physical skills, but sometimes it's easier to notice when we're talking about a physical skill. So, for instance, anytime as adults we find ourselves thinking, why don't you just XYZ for a young child? We're probably witnessing a young child exerting maximum effort. Anytime we have to bite our tongue or sit on our hands while a child is patiently working at something diligently without a care in the world, we're probably noticing maximum effort. Their development is calling them to do XYZ. Their development is calling them to master putting on their shoes. We notice this where a toddler is putting on her shoes and as soon as they're on, she takes them off, takes off her socks and starts the whole process again. We put on our shoes because we're trying to go somewhere because it's the morning and we need shoes in order to go to work or because we're going for a walk. She puts on her shoes because it's a satisfying development. Putting on socks, taking off socks. Putting on shoes, taking off shoes. I can't put on my socks after I've put on my shoes. This shoe is on, let's take it off and try it again. This is maximum effort. 
and it is generally accompanied by a strong sense of concentration, which is fantastic, and we'll come back to that. We notice this when we see, uh, especially for a toddler, dumping something out and putting it back, and dumping out a box and putting it back, dumping out a box of Duplos and putting them all back, dumping out a box of toys and putting them all back. It's very satisfying to do this again and again and again, which is not to say when her development is satisfied, then she'll put it all away and put it back on the shelf and everything will be fine. Sometimes her development is satisfied and she dumps it out again and walks away. That's part of being very little and that's why we're here to help, to continue something beyond when a child's development is satisfied. So if she decides she's finished with that uh, taking out and putting back in uh, that all toddlers go through, uh, then we also make sure, oh, it looks like you're finished. Let's put this back on the shelf so it's ready for next time. This power, this ability, this skill, maximum effort, allows a child to somewhat unconsciously internalize a skill or ability. She tries to do something again and again and again and might fail a hundred times, such as uh, standing, pulling herself to standing. She pulls and gets up and tries to balance and falls back down. Maximum effort at play. She's not going to give up after one try. She's not going to give up after a hundred tries. She's just going to keep doing again and again and again. And once that level of mastery is reached, she pulls herself to standing, balances. What happens next? She works on walking, works on that forward momentum. And then once it's, there's forward momentum at play, once this ability to pull yourself to standing uh, is there, that skill is solidified. It's as though it's already always been there. It's as though the struggle never happened. The frustration never happened. Those hundreds and hundreds of practices and squats at the coffee table that she did, those never happened. It's as though she's always been able to do that. This is maximum effort. It allows a child to repeat again and again and again, then also hides that frustration and all the hard work that went into getting there. This is especially true for very young children. And like we talked about, it's very apparent in those early toddler years. Um, but it's also true um, for older first plane children. We still notice that it starts to wane as a child nears that second plane. As more blue flows into this purple, we start to see more of those second plane skills. But when an older child is trying to master a skill, we still see glimpses of it, especially a physical skill, such as when an older child is trying to master bow tying. We notice they'll do it again and again and again. They're not necessarily just trying to tie their shoes to get out the door. They're practicing with the bow dressing frame and they're practicing again and again and again until they get it, until it's muscle memory, until it's internalized. And then all of a sudden it's as though I've always been able to do it. It's a gift. This maximum effort is a gift, both to the child and to the teacher. For a child, where we as adults might analyze a process to try and be efficient, she just does. The child just does. She's present to the moment. She just tries. She doesn't look for the most efficient way. She doesn't analyze it and look at the steps and think her way through it. She's just being in her body. 
We see this in the classroom all the time where a child is sweeping and they sweep the whole classroom. Sometimes we provide little discs or flower petals or something for a child to sweep up because as adults, we sweep because there's a spill or because we notice the floor is dirty or because that's what we do on Thursdays. We sweep to make sure everything is tidy. A child sweeps because they're integrating cross-body movement. They're coordinating their whole body in order to achieve a task. There's developmental reasons that she's sweeping. So as soon as she's sweeped up that spill, real or imaginary, she's going to do it again. She's not sweeping to clean the floor. That's my job as an adult. She's sweeping because her development is calling her to master this movement for some reason. It's also a gift to the teacher. The teacher can capitalize on this maximum effort as a natural byproduct of maximum effort is lots and lots of repetition. And repetition leads to concentration. And we know very good things happen with concentration. Concentration is necessary for learning big academic skills or more cognitive skills, things that are a little more still than moving your body for sweeping. But we see concentration emerge typically for very young children when there's movement involved. We can see concentration through repetition and through movement in terms of maximum effort with something like the button dressing frame. The button dressing frame or any of the dressing frames might be one of the first times where we see that really intense concentration emerge from a very young first plane child, perhaps two and a half or three. The button frame is a very safe material. There's one thing to carry. Nothing's going to spill or make a mess. Uh, And you take it to a table and nothing catastrophic is going to happen if you drop it. It's a very safe material. So it's often presented very early on. And because it requires a bit of stillness and some movement, it's not uncommon to notice strong concentration. And then when there's that satisfaction that happens when you fasten that first button or when you get that sense of concentration and stillness, then the repetition kicks in. And this is all fed by maximum effort. She's not buttoning right now to button her coat to go outside and play. She's not buttoning to fasten her pants. She's buttoning to fasten that movement, to fix that movement in her hands and in her mind, to coordinate her hands, working together cooperatively but using different movements, to fasten three or four or five buttons again and again and again until it becomes muscle memory. And now as an adult, we can button without thinking, without looking, with our eyes closed. And it's all because of this early maximum effort, giving your all to a task until you sit back with a sigh of relief. Perhaps all the buttons are fastened, perhaps they're not. That's when we step in as an adult and say, let's fasten these before you put this away. But the maximum effort is what turns it into an internal skill and lends to concentration, which then becomes transferable to any skill the child is trying to acquire. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Bondac. 
and email us with comments, questions, and suggestions at hello at bondec.org. Until next time.